You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we have a special episode for you. We are collaborating with the Reading Women podcast. Both of our shows are going to release an episode this week about the social aspects of reading. So before we get into that, we want to tell you a little bit about the Reading Women podcast. It is hosted by Kendra and Autumn, and their premise is that they are reclaiming half the bookshelf, and they discuss books by or about women. They have a variety of different episode types, and two of my favorites are the author interviews that they do, and they also host a Reading Women Award, and they have two episodes at the end of the year. One is the fiction shortlist, and one is the nonfiction shortlist. And if you are in need of book recommendations, it is a wonderful place to start to find amazing books by female authors that have been pre-vetted for you. So one of my favorite things about their show is that they both read so much that even if one of the books that they talk about in a show doesn't sound great to you, they'll probably mention some others. And so like Sarah said, if you need recommendations, it's a great place to begin. I also really love their Instagram feed, which is this beautifully curated bookstagram situation. And that is also a great place to look for Rex. And if you're listening to this on the day we release, their episode about social reading will release tomorrow, Wednesday. And we'll link to that episode, their website, and all of their social media so you can get connected with them. And if you found us through the Reading Women podcast, welcome. We always start the show by catching up on life lately. So Abby, what's been happening with you? Well, finally the snow is gone. We got 10 inches, which is a lot for North Carolina. And so things basically shut down for days. The snow didn't even melt completely until this week despite the fact that we had temperatures in the 60s. Wow. It was just in huge piles and people don't shovel, Mm. you know, in shady places on the sidewalk would get icy when it cooled down at night. So I'm relieved that that's over. More is probably coming, but at least this week Plum went to school for both days. That is a good thing. What about you, Sarah? So you know how sometimes you do something really stupid? That happened to me the other week. (laughs) So I was getting ready to make tea one evening, and we have a kettle where we heat up hot water on the stove, and I almost always heat up the water on the front left burner. Well, there was a casserole dish on the front left burner, so I put it on the back left burner. But I'm in such a habit of doing it, I turned on the front left burner still. So I'm in the living room waiting to hear that my water is ready for me, and all of a sudden, I hear this really loud noise and glass shoots into the dining room (laughs) and I'm thinking what was that so go in of course the glass casserole dish has broken into hundreds of pieces thank goodness no one was in the kitchen when it happened Mm -hmm. and it was a nightmare to clean up there was glass on all countertop surface in the stovetop burners in the dining room just everywhere. And some of the glass was obviously on the floor mm-hmm. and our floor is linoleum. Well, it was too hot to clean up right away. Mm. So we watched a TV show and then we're going to come back to do it after it ended. Mm-hmm. And pieces had melted onto the floor oh and left burn marks on our floor. And the floor wasn't perfect before, but now there are several permanent reminders <laughs> of my error. I felt like an idiot when it happened, of course. Yeah. But also, 
what can you do? Important question. Was there any food in the casserole dish? Did you lose anything edible? We didn't. We had already eaten it. It was the green bean casserole that Mm. I've talked about on the show before. Mm -hmm. Delicious. But I also wonder if it had happened with food in it, if that would have helped hold it together a little bit better. Oh, yeah. The heat would have gone into the food and started burning rather than just exploding the dish. Right. Yeah. I bet that would have happened. I mean, I guess it's good we didn't lose green bean casserole, but... What a relief. (laughs) Might have been preferable over what actually happened. Maybe. So in honor of the Reading Women podcast, today in our Reading Lately section, we are each going to talk about a book by a female author. Abby, what have you been reading lately? So I finished The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, which you briefly talked about in our book roundup from last year, Sarah. Yes. For listeners who don't know, this is a YA novel from the perspective of Star, a young Black woman who sees her childhood friend get shot by a cop during a traffic stop. And so she's the only other witness because she was riding in the car. This was a fantastic book. Compelling characters strong voices. I listened to it on audiobook and the reader was really fantastic. It almost felt like like a reading of a play. I can see that. Because the action is so good and the dialogue is so rich. So I would highly recommend that to listeners who are into audiobooks. I just thought that the discussions of how we in the United States treat Black people, how we value Black lives or mostly not, was really important. Mm-hmm. A lot of parts of it are hard to read, especially coming from my place of privilege as a white upper middle class woman. But that's not something that I disliked about it. It challenged me and I liked that. So as you said, I read this one last fall and loved it. And both our virtual book club and my in-person book club are reading this in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to discussing it with them and hearing other people's perspectives and how they received the book and what they took away from it. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend this one. Sarah, I know you would too. Mm-hmm. It is so timely. And I think without awareness of these issues from people who they don't directly affect, Things like cop shooting black people for no reason are going to keep happening. Absolutely. What have you been reading, Sarah? So the book I'm going to share today is Heating and Cooling, 52 Micro Memoirs by Beth Ann Fennelly. I first heard about this book from Ann Bogle of the What Should I Read Next podcast when she was a guest on the Best of Both Worlds podcast talking about reading. And then I kept seeing it pop up again and again. So I finally got my hands on it and read it in a single evening. It is very short. Some of the micro-memoirs are only a sentence long, Mm. and then others are a handful of pages. I felt like its brevity was an asset because it made it feel so precise, Mm. and that when an entire chapter was a sentence, you knew that everything she wanted to say had been distilled down, and it felt poetic in a way Mm -hmm. and made me want more, which is always a good way to feel when you're reading. Yeah, absolutely. And I especially loved she had a Married Love series. So some of the chapters were Married Love 1, Married Love 2, and they were sprinkled throughout the book. And those were some of my favorites to read. 
It's definitely something I would recommend. It was so easy and quick to slip into. And because they're so short, I think it would be easy to pick up and put down, Mm. which can be nice when your reading can be disjointed throughout the day. I felt like there was some especially poignant moments about parenting. But even if you're not a parent, I think there was so much just about her experience as a child and as a young adult and how she views those experiences now through the lens of time that were really powerful. So in some ways, I think the topic of social reading can feel contradictory because when I think of reading, I think of solitude and I think of being on my own, curled up with a book, escaping from the world. But in other ways, I think that books are this great opportunity for connection and for deepening of friendships. But I think the reality is that when I think about my broader reading experience, so much of the richness comes from sharing with other people and from talking about books and connecting with people through our shared love of reading. So that's what we're going to be exploring. Abby, how do you think about reading on that solitary social spectrum? I definitely think of reading as a solitary pursuit. And I really love discussing books with other people, but to me, it doesn't feel essential to my enjoyment of reading to plan to talk about them or to know that I'm going to talk about them. So I'm part of book clubs, but I mostly, as an extrovert, I think just like the social interaction and books are a good vehicle. I can see that. So my one exception to that are the Harry Potter books, because I can say with authority that I have enjoyed and loved those books more based on the ways that I shared them with people I know and with strangers. I think that I enjoy reading no matter what, but I do think I get more out of it when I can share that experience. I think it depends on the book, but when it is a book that challenges me and makes me think, I want to talk about it with somebody and I want Neil to read it or I want you to read it or Mm -hmm. I want my book club to read it because I feel like there's so much to mine and that what I've gotten out of it is only one piece of it. Mm -hmm. And that hearing what other people did really informs my view of a book in a way that I really like and that I often find that I leave conversations about books feeling differently about the book than I did before. Mm. And so it feels like a more complete experience to me when I'm able to share it. Hmm. I think it really depends on the book, though, because if it's just something I'm picking up and reading for fun and for pure entertainment, then I don't feel that same desire to discuss it as I do with books where there's a little more depth. Hmm. And I think I mostly read for enjoyment Hmm. and toward the later side of things. So maybe that's why I feel like it's less essential. Interesting. Yeah. Well, as we've mentioned, both of us have and do participate in book clubs. Let's share a little bit about our history with book clubs and our current book club status. I have been part of four book clubs in my life, one in person in Nashville that I loved, but that was more of a social club. We had books that we were supposed to read every month, but I think about half of us did and half of us didn't. And we definitely talked about other things at our meetings. Would you ever not discuss the book at all, or did you still talk about it? Yeah, I think there were times where we barely mentioned it and said, yeah, I read it, yeah, I didn't, and then just moved on. So I'm also in two virtual book clubs that are still happening. So the one with you with our college friends, and then one that was started by my friend and friendlier listener, Rebecca, 
And the last one that I'm in is a new one that we just started here, an in-person one. Mm -hmm. And we've met just a handful of times so far. I'm interested to see how that in-person one shakes out because I really love the people. And we had this sort of amazing group chemistry Mm. all of a sudden where we can talk about lots of things. But we have talked about the books so far. In our virtual book clubs, we always talk about the books. Somehow in person that gets lost more in the ones that I've been in. I wonder if part of that is also how often they meet because our virtual book club only meets every other month. Mm -hmm. And so I also think it's easier for everyone to finish the book when there's more time between meetings Mm. where my in-person book club meets every month. My in-person book club also meets every month. My other virtual book club only meets quarterly. Hmm. So people nearly always have the book read. Right. So as I've alluded to, I have an in-person book club here in Bloomington, and that's been going for about a year and a half. And feels like we've really found a great group of people that are really committed to it and come every time. And as you said, just have this great group dynamic. I also love that it's people that I'm not interacting with in my everyday life. And so it's really fun to have the different perspectives and Mm -hmm. different ideas that are not just other women in the exact same phase of life that I'm in. Yeah, I love that about a book club. And then I'm part of our joint virtual book club. My first book club experience was in Austin, and I think I just got really lucky with it. Mm -hmm. Everyone there was very committed to reading the books. They always picked interesting books. There were a couple books that weren't my favorite, but there weren't any real duds. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between those two. Yeah. And at the time, I was the only person in that book club that had kids. And so I really loved that break from talking about parenting and Mm. being in parenting and Mm -hmm. getting to have this other intellectual exercise, sharing something I love, meeting people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Sounds really refreshing. It was. And that was something I was very sad about leaving when we left Austin. Mm -hmm. But I've been fortunate to also find a great book club here. So we've touched on this a little bit, but what are the things that you love about being part of book clubs? As I said before, it's great social time for extroverts. And introverts. And introverts. (laughs) It's true. It's the getting together the groups of smart people who like to talk about things. And even though most of the book clubs that I've been in have been with people like me, so other women, similar stage of life, I still feel like book club gives a really good forum for diversity of opinions coming out. Mm -hmm. And so even if you look the same as someone else kind of on the surface of how your life is, I think I still gain good perspectives there. I agree. The other thing I really love about book clubs are that they stretch me as a reader. I have read so many books that I wouldn't have picked up on my own. And I've often been surprised by things that I thought I wouldn't like. The example that comes to mind is that my Austin book club read the graphic novel Fun Home Mm. by Alison Bechdel, and I never would have read a graphic novel Mm. if it hadn't been chosen. Hmm. I haven't read a graphic novel since, so it didn't (laughs) drastically change my reading preferences Mm -hmm. because I felt about it the way that I thought I would, which is I find it really distracting to have to look at the pictures, Mm. and I just want to read the words. (laughs) But I liked getting out of my usual box Mm -hmm. and liked being exposed to something that I wouldn't have come across otherwise. What about the other side of the coin? What are some things that are not your favorite about being part of a book club? 
I mean, sometimes I just don't like the book. It happens. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a book finisher. Mm. So if the book is a horrible book, it's hard for me to read it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like a bad book club member when I haven't. You know that I am a book finisher and I am a big advocate for people in book club finishing the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I think there's a way to not finish the book and still participate that doesn't take away from the experience for other people. I think sometimes I get frustrated when people have a lot of opinions about books that they haven't read or finished. <laughs> That's me. I have a lot of opinions about everything. <laughs> the other thing that can be hard for me is when I've read a book and I'm really looking forward to discussing it, that sometimes the conversation doesn't go there in the way that I want it to mm. and stays on the surface. That can happen, especially in a larger group where I think a lot of things you have to be really vulnerable and feel really safe mm. to discuss some hard topics. Sometimes that group dynamic is there and sometimes it's not. Yeah, I think that can vary from meeting to meeting, even with the same group of people, mm -hmm. that there can be a lighter feel to the group one night and a more serious one the next. Yeah, The same thing with the larger group. I think sometimes it can be hard for everyone to contribute. And I've definitely been in situations where it feels like I need to be ready to jump in and find my opening mm -hmm. and be a little bit more assertive about mm. stating my opinion. And I think that just naturally happens when there are eight people with a lot of opinions right. who are all wanting to share what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's something that can work itself out over time as the group gets to know one another and create the space for everybody to meaningfully contribute. That's true. So what would you say you found to be the keys to a successful book club? I think like we talked about in our community episode, it's people willing to show up for whatever the group has decided are the guidelines. So the guidelines for every book club doesn't need to be the same, mm -hmm. but a book club is going to work best if people are in at least general agreement about things like how much you're actually going to read of the books and how much you're actually going to talk about the books at meetings. Mm-hmm. Even basic things like, are you going to show up for a meeting every month or would every other month work better for everybody's schedule? So having a similar commitment to the group itself, I think, helps make it successful. I agree. What I had written down is one piece of that larger idea that you're sharing. Agreement about how much reading is happening, mm -hmm. because I think it can be really frustrating for people who want to discuss the books if others are seeing it more as a social club. And I think both are valid and both are good and both have a place, but that it can lead to a lot of frustration if there isn't clear communication about that. Totally. One thing I love about the book club that I'm in here is my friend who started it was very clear when she sent out the email that what she was excited about was really reading the books and discussing them. Mm -hmm. And that helped us all be on the same page when we joined. Definitely. Do you have any favorite book club reads or just general ideas of what makes for a good book club read? So my favorite book club read from my Nashville book club, which, as we've discussed, was more toward the social end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. was Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. That was a book that was accessible enough for everyone to be able to read it in the time. Mm -hmm. And so most everybody did. And it had some really good nuggets in there about being a woman that a lot of us identified with in that book club. I think it's also a good one in that each chapter stands alone. Mm. So even if you were only able to read two or three or four essays, that you would have something to contribute to the discussion from that. Yeah, that's a great point. As opposed to a novel where you really do need to make it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And this month, my in-person book club is reading Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which was one of my favorite books of 2016. And I'm excited to share that book with them because, as we've discussed before, it's a little bit Harry Potter-ish. Mm-hmm. And everyone in my in-person book club is a Harry Potter fan. And I think it could go either way, that it could make you love it more or it can make you not because it's not Harry Potter. Right. It's its own thing. Yes. So one of the books that I read in my Austin book club was Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. And I think the reason why it makes the list of my favorite book club reads is because there was so much there to discuss. Mm. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world and just thinking about what is important to the human experience We all had such different reactions to it. And if I'm remembering correctly, the woman who recommended it actually ended up not liking the book. Oh, man. And had pretty strong opinions about that. Mm. And at the time, Station Eleven was receiving a lot of press, and Mm. it was a finalist for the National Book Award. So it also felt really timely, where before we'd been reading a lot of books that had been out for a while, especially because it's often easier to get those at the library. Right. So it was really fun to be part of that larger national conversation as well. Mm -hmm. But more generally speaking, I think that having a book where there is that depth and these bigger themes to discuss is what makes for a really great book club read. Because even when people disagree and don't like the book, there's still a lot to say, that that's just the beginning of the conversation, not the end. Mm -hmm. So for me, if there's anything too light, I feel like there's not enough there for us to talk about. I agree with that. I think that my instinct, because I'm a lighter reader and read more for enjoyment, is to pick enjoyment books. Mm -hmm. But you're right that it's really hard to sustain a conversation about something that everyone just enjoyed. But I think that there are some in the middle, and I think Carry On is a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. And I also think Ready Player One, which we've talked about before on the podcast, that it was a really fast, entertaining read, Mm -hmm. but there is so much there to discuss. That's so true. And that is not one I have discussed in a book club, but I would actually love to reread it and talk about it with more people. And it's one I really enjoyed talking about with you after we both read it. I felt like I got a lot more out of it after talking to you, even though I enjoyed it before. Hmm. I also think that nonfiction works really well in the book club setting. Hmm. And the most recent one that my in-person book club read was Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. And I read that a few years ago when it first came out. And after I finished it, I made Neil read it. I gave it to my mom to read. (laughs) And I was telling everyone I knew to read it because I wanted to talk about it with them. And Mm -hmm. I had so much to say, and I needed that interaction around the book. Mm. But I also know that nonfiction is more hit or miss, and that some book clubs tend toward a really strong mix between the two, and then some gravitate one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. Well, let's move away from our conversation about book clubs and on to social media and reading. How do you use the various social media platforms? So I love Goodreads for keeping track of books and for reading reviews that validate my reading experience after the fact. (laughs) For instance, if I hated a book, I like to read one-star reviews of it. (laughs) And I really like the ease of getting recommendations from friends through that platform. Mm -hmm. I do some limited bookstagramming. Like I said, I love the Reading Women Instagram feed. But I don't pay attention to too much else on there. I don't think to the degree that you do. 
I really like Bookstagram. And that's something that I only discovered after we started doing the podcast. Mm. I didn't really know it was a thing before that. But I have really enjoyed the save feature on Instagram and then following a lot of bookish feeds that have similar tastes to what I do. Mm -hmm. And then when I see something I like, saving it. And then when I am needing to put things on hold at the library or figure out what I want next, going back to that and finding it. And it's made me feel like I just have an endless supply of amazing books to read. (laughs) I think it's really easy to get into a reading slump if you're reading a few not so great books Mm. and don't feel excited about something on your list. And it's been a long time since I felt like that because it feels like I now have access to so many great resources to help me find that next great book. What a good way to use social media. It's one of the things I love best about it right now. I use Goodreads in a similar way to what you do. I don't get a ton of recommendations there. I mostly use it to keep track of what I'm reading. I also do like to reflect on my experience with a short review. And I would say I mostly read reviews of people that I'm friends with there if we've read the same book. Mm -hmm. But I do like to read it after I've read the book that I don't like to be influenced beforehand Mm -hmm. by seeing how somebody's rated it or what the reviews are, because I think it influences my perception as I'm reading it myself. And I know there are other platforms, like Litzy's one that I often hear about, Hmm. but I feel full up on my social media life at the moment. And so I have felt fulfilled with Bookstagram on Instagram and Goodreads. Yeah. So we've talked about book clubs, and we've also talked about online. But what about just talking with friends in real life in a less formal setting? So even though I feel less like talking about books adds to my enjoyment of reading, I do think that talking about books adds to my enjoyment of the people I'm talking about the books with. I love that. I really enjoy our conversations about books and reading. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy talking about books and reading with my mom and my sister and other friends that I've connected with on that specific topic. What about you? I feel like it opens the door for deeper discussions than just that, oh, what's happening in your life, Mm. recounting the everyday. And like you, I think it has deepened friendships and relationships with people because it gives us this opportunity to discuss something more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I find somebody with whom I can discuss books, Mm. that I do feel much closer to them and feel like we know each other better. And I think part of that is that reading is a really big part of my life, Mm. and it's a big part of what I do for fun right now. And so if I can't share that with somebody, it feels like this whole part of me that they don't know. So I do feel more connected to people who I can share that reading experience with. It's nice to feel seen in that way since it is such a big part of your life. Exactly. So we're going to end our discussion of social reading by announcing a new offering Today's podcast is the launch of the Friendlier Reading Experience, which is a matchmaking service for friendlier listeners who want to be part of their very own virtual book club. So starting today at our website, friendlierpodcast.com, you can find a short Google form where you'll share your name, your time zone, and a little bit about your reading preferences. And then we will group listeners into groups of five or six people and introduce you to each other via email. We'll also share a virtual book club guide that we've created. It will include tips and resources for making it a success. At that point, the group will be in your hands, though, of course, we want to hear from you and know how it's going, really, anytime. 
about anything. We just love hearing from you. So I think that wraps up our discussion about social reading. But if you want to continue the conversation, be sure to download the Reading Women's episode that comes out tomorrow, Wednesday, to hear their take on the topic. We'd also love to hear from you about your experience with book clubs, bookstagram, and the other ways in which reading is social. So we'll end as we always do by sharing something that we've been eating lately. I would like to share that we have been buying more expensive, snacky food for HP's lunches. (laughs) We were in a bit of a lunch rut and nothing was being eaten. And when I would ask him what he wanted for lunch, because I'm happy to change it up, he didn't really have a lot to contribute to that. Mm. But I started feeling like he was just tired of the same old thing and that we needed to invest in some more enticing foods. So some of our favorites have been adding in pistachios, which are delicious, and I love them. Me too. But also cost more than the other nuts that we often buy. Do you get the shelled or unshelled? We do some of both, but for the lunches, we bought the shelled because that seemed easier for the lunchroom experience. Totally. And the other one that we've been adding to the lunches are blueberries, Mm. which he loves. It's felt nice that the lunchbox is coming home empty again. Yeah. It feels worth the investment to know that he is eating healthy, good food at school. Definitely. So I've been eating sugar cookies, (laughs) which is a recipe from a friend from my Facebook mom group. I first made them over Christmas, and then I made them again when we had all the snow. And these are your classic sugar cookie. You roll them out, you cut them, and then bake them. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a cookie cutter, so I just cut them with our pizza cutter Hmm. into small squares, which came out great. And then you frost them. They contain Crisco and margarine, (laughs) as well as all the sugar. They're delicious. I definitely overdosed. Now I'm doing a sugar fast, (laughs) but I have no regrets. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram, at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to go to the show notes today because you'll find links to the Reading Women's website, their episode about social reading, and all of their social media. Also go to our website if you want to sign up for the Friendlier Reading Experience. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Take two. We missed a lot of really good outtakes in there. That's true. (laughs) Never to be heard again. Okay, we did it. (laughs) Just barely. It's okay. I kind of felt like it was going to go about like that. So it usually does with these kinds of things. Can you talk again for a second? Yep. I'm happy to talk and talk and talk and talk (laughs) so that you can get your volume right because you're my friend. (laughs) Thanks, friend. So even though I don't feel like talking to books necessarily adds to my or talking about books yeah i was gonna say i think you said talking to books (laughs) i know book (laughs) that probably would not add to your experience (laughs) the book loves me back